Well, if you want to follow along, it's the outlines on Telegram and the voice verses are there because you can look them up yourself later on if you want to confirm what's said today. <clears throat> We've been doing a series on the long-suffering of the Lord and you say, well, how did you get this out of that? Well, we could. It was what I was going to do or conclude last Sunday's service with, but yeah, there wasn't enough time, so I've extended it with more detail. <clears throat> God is a long-suffering God. None of us would be here if he wasn't. Isn't that true? We're all here because of his long-suffering, his mercy and his grace. <clears throat> now, a topical subject it is today. God has been long-suffering with Israel. He's been long-suffering with the Gentiles too. That's us who are non-Jew. And so <clears throat> we're covering this thought today. Why is the Middle East so much in the news? <laughs> I mean, I think all the news. <laughs> Why has a nation that's so small grabbed the attention and headlines for weeks around the world and weeks to come, may we say? Why are Jews hated by so many? Why are they persecuted and killed by Arabs and others alike? And all these questions, why, why? <laughs> why are all these terrible things happening to them? Turn to the book of Deuteronomy and we find some answers and throughout the scriptures we'll answer, I pray, these questions this morning. First of all, because <clears throat> Satan hates those whom God loves. He hates you if you're a Christian because you have, you have switched allegiance. You've gone from his camp to the Lord's. <laughs> From, and, and, and we're part of his church, the program of God for today. And in Deuteronomy 7 and verse 6, we read this. For thou art a holy people, speaking to Israel, <clears throat> unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people. In the New Testament, it talks of Christians being peculiar. That word? <laughs> people. <laughs> Um, a special people unto himself above all people who are upon the face of the earth you say that's racialistic <laughs> this is God making the choice you're going to call him a racialist he made everyone whether what, whatever they are from whatever people they are upon the face of the earth the Lord did not set or the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people for you were the fewest of all people but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, from the king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God who keepeth covenants. He's, gonna, you know, he's keeping his covenant. That's what this is all about. Uh, and mercy with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. How long is a generation? <laughs> well, you multiply that out, and if you say that the, the minimum of a generation is 20 years, how many years is that? 20,000. In other words, it's everlasting. <laughs> he keeps his promises and repayeth them who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him who hateth him. 
who will repay him to his face. Does that apply today? Was what's happening right now in the Middle East? Yes. God does not like those who hate Israel. We are to pray for the peace of Israel. Yes, they've done what they've done in the past, but God's chosen them. Don't argue with it. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments to the Israel and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day and do them. If they fail to do it, they were kicked out. And <clears throat> let's not fail to do what he says in our lives. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Bless it to our hearts today. And there is much we can find about this, the subject. The apple of your eye are the people of Israel. And I pray, Lord, that we would not despise them or hate them in our heart at all, but love them to yourself, even though to despise the Lord Jesus, our Saviour. Lord, I pray that you bless the service today. Be with those that can't make it because of illness and those that are travelling. Give them safety. Thank you for those that are visiting today and bless their hearts with us in our fellowship. We ask that your name might be glorified, your word might be exalted, and you may be seen only in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> A few more becauses. <laughs> Why? Why these things? Because God chose, as we've mentioned, because God wrote the Bible through the Jews. And there's a debate about Dr. Luke who wrote Luke and Acts. He may have been, he may have joined the nation. Um, <clears throat> because God sent the Saviour through them. That's why these things are happening to them. And Satan didn't want that. To, he tried to stop that. Because God in Christ is going to reign over this world from Jerusalem for a thousand years and his reign will be glorious. And the Jews will be the head of the nations and not the tail of the nations, as the scriptures say so. That's why these things are happening. Satan is fired up. Satan hates them, he, as he hates the Christian. Uh, <clears throat> and it's going to be the Lord Jesus. Satan is trying to stop the Lord Jesus installing his kingdom in this world. And this is what this is about. If you can wipe out the Jews, you have no kingdom because they're the head and not the tail. It makes sense, doesn't it? And also, why are these things happening to them? Because they, the Jews, said, when talking to Pilate, his blood be on us and our children. They invited the judgment of God upon themselves on that occasion. And Pilate washed his hands and said, I am innocent from the blood of this just person in Matthew 27, 24. <clears throat> and because we could say time's up. <laughs> Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. There's a word until there. <clears throat> if you want the Lord to come, as I say, go out soul winning. <laughs> Because the last person is going to get saved, then the fullness of Gentiles will have come in. Church will be stitched up. It'll be done. Finished. God's task in calling out a people for the Lord Jesus as a bride will be done. And uh, he's, patient, he's patient with us. He's patient with a church that has apostatized and gone liberal, gone bad and has a bad testimony. He's patient because souls are being saved and added to the church. And also, there's another reference and this one's found in Luke 21, 24. Jerusalem, it says, will be trodden down of the Gentiles 
until until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled, where the Gentiles rule over, and they have since 586 when Nebuchadnezzar took over. The Jews have never been an independent nation since that time. That's 2,586 plus 23 years ago that the Gentiles start doing this, and it's almost up. God's patience with the Gentile nations has run out. They've used and abused this world as they have and we, we have multiplied. We're all over the place. <laughs> There's hardly a place. Well, there is not a place, really, where men aren't. Um, <clears throat> so that brings us to the question and biblical answer. The perplexing question is, why is there so much strife and contention in the Middle East? What's it all about? And it comes right, right back to a little question, whose land is it? That's what it's all about, isn't it? <laughs> Whose land is it? The Palestinians say it's our land and you are the occupiers. Jews, get out of here. And if you don't, we'll wipe you out. <laughs> and the Jews say, no, it's our land. Don't they? And this is, the, this, is the, this is what the fight's about. Now, let's go a real quick history lesson. <laughs> and um, you won't be able to write it all down. 2,000 years BC, 4,000 years ago, Abraham was called out of Ur of the Chaldees, and then Isaac, and then Jacob. And they were given the promises of Genesis 15, or 12, 15, and 17, the covenants there, the patriarchs of Israel. And then we saw that around 400 years later, Moses led the people out of Egypt as they'd multiplied to about 2 million people. And Joshua in 1507 BC took Israel in and conquered the land. <laughs> the land was in the hands of the Canaanites, the Ammonites, the Amalekites, the Gergashites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. All these are in the Bible. The Perizzites, the Kenanites, the Kesinites, the Kadmonites. And the Rephim, <laughs> they're all mentioned in, and more you could probably find. So if anyone wants to claim the land, step forth. If you can prove you're related to any of those. And when Joshua went in, what did, he, what did God tell him to do? They're all to die because the sins of the Canaanites have come to the full. There's no one to be left when you take on the land. Otherwise, they'll corrupt you. There are a few that they didn't. And uh, others, others deceived them with their mouldy bread. Remember the occasion. <laughs> so we have they, if they want to claim, but there's none that can claim that heritage. The judges then ruled for 400 years, and then the kings ruled for about 400 years. Then Israel was put out of the land. So they're in, they're in the land for almost a 1,000 years under judges and kings after Joshua conquered it. In 722, the Assyrians evicted the ten northern tribes, put them out of the land, the northern kingdom of Israel. Then in 586, finally the Babylonians kicked the two southern tribes out of the land. And from that point till now, the Gentiles have ruled over them. They've been back in the land, but Rome, who, yeah, well, Rome was over them when the Lord was here. Uh, the Roman government, you know, rendered to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, he said. And, and so you had <clears throat> the Persians were over them. 
And what do they still want to do? The Persians is Iran. What do they still want to do? <laughs> who's, who's behind the push against Israel right now? The Persians. They need to read, uh, is it Ruth? <laughs> Esther, well, where? <clears throat> yeah, Esther, sorry, you're right. Esther, what happened when Persia said, we're going to wipe the Jews out, or, you know, those guys there, Haman said, no, out with the Jews, death to the Jews. And it turned the other way around. They were given life by God. Um, <clears throat> so they reigned for 204 years in the land. And then after them, the Greeks, 269 years, the Romans. And so each group have ruled over them. The Romans started in 63 AD. And I've got it all written, if you want to copy it, have when and how long they reigned. Then we come into AD territory. In 70 AD, the Romans scattered the Jews all over the world that were under them in in Jerusalem and sacked Jerusalem. And Jesus predicted that. The Byzantine rule for 323 years. The Arab Muslims took over in 636 AD. 636 AD. <clears throat> Mohammed lived between 570 when he was born and 632. See, these are the ones that are claiming this is our land. They're a Johnny come lately. They will hate that saying, <laughs> but they are to the land. That they took over the land there for about 463 years. Then the Crusaders came in, 192 years. And another group, 225. The Ottoman Turks, remember those? If you've got a relative that went and fought in the Middle East, a great-grandfather or something, they fought against them. And they... They, we along with the British, put them out of the land. And we took Damascus and Jerusalem and others. We helped capture that. Beersheba, right where the fight is, it's only just, what, 30 k's away or so from Gaza. That was taken over. And then the British had it for how long? The British mandate over Israel was for 31 years. Until 1948. <clears throat> when they gave it back and they were glad to give it back and get out of there because it was causing them so many problems. And they did it hastily and, and the very time that they were given back the land, who attacked them? The Ar Arabs attacked them. God gave them really the victory. And they've been in there and we could go about and talk of the victories there. But whose land is it then? With all that history... Biblical history, whose land is it? We could do what they do in court today before we go into this. Get our Bibles out. I don't know, do they still do it in court? And put your hand on the Bible when you're going to testify and say what? I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And so we can say that. And if those people around the world and Muslims don't like the Bible, well, it's... It's the book. <laughs> it's God's word to us. So <clears throat> let's swear on the book. And if we are sworn in in a court and we tell a lie, we've committed perjury and we're in big trouble. 
And we're in big trouble before God if we tell a lie about what the scripture says. And there's a lot of liberals in churches around this world and apostates that are telling lies about God's word and they're committing perjury against God because they're not telling the truth and not telling the people the truth. <clears throat> well, first of all, Israel is God's land. <laughs> it's the only piece of real estate that God has claimed for himself. It's in the scriptures. We'll swear upon the scriptures for this. And indeed, if you want to take it generally in Psalm 24 verses 1 and 2, but in verse 1, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they who dwell therein. The earth is the Lord's. Whose land is it? God's land. The whole place is God's land. But particularly the land of Israel. In Deuteronomy, in the book of Deuteronomy, <coughs> chapter 8, verse 7 and 9, we read there what sort of land it is. It's described many times, but here's one that's very pointed. A land of wheat a la and barley and vines. Well, let's go back to verse 7. I, I jumped ahead. The Lord thy God gi giveth thee a good land. Giveth who? Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. A good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and depths that spring up out of valleys and hills. It just comes up. Go to the headwaters of the Jordan, visit there, not right now, <laughs> but visit there and it just pops out of the ground and rocks everywhere and you walk around the pathways then the Jordan River. Well, a land of wheat and barley, vines and figs and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything. It is a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou diggest brass. It's got everything you need. This is the land that God gave this particular spot to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. It's a land that God cares for and keeps his eyes upon. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 11, you say it's all Old Testament. Well, you've got to go back to the foundation to get whose place it is. This is Deuteronomy 11, verse 11. But the land to which you go to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven a land which the Lord thy God careth for the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it even now God's looking at what's going on there in the land from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year and you could read more on that but let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 38. And this is the talking to the northern invasion. It hasn't happened yet. Russia and Iran and so Turkey that come down. And it says in verse 16 of Ezekiel 38. And thou shalt come up against this northern, northern invader. Shall come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land. Who said that? God said that. Whose land is it? It's God's land. That particular spot, he keeps his eye on it, and it's God's land. This is what the Bible says. And in the book of Isaiah 14 and verse 2, 
it says this, the, And the people shall take them and bring them to their, to their place, and the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord. The land of the Lord. We say <laughs> the holy land, the Lord's land. It's God's land. This is his piece of real estate that he's put his mark upon. In fact, in Second Chronicles 36, 15, it, it calls there the dwelling place of the Lord. It's the only place in the entire world where the Lord dwelt. And how did he dwell? Well, he dwelt in the tabernacle. His glory was in the tabernacle. They built the temple. And you have the account where his glory came to the temple. Then in Ezekiel, you have where his glory left when the times of the Gentiles started the temple. But he dwelt there. His presence was seen there in Israel. And you have all the accounts of the Old Testament where the angel of the Lord came and walked in that land. The Lord Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, lived there in the land, didn't he? <laughs> he was born in Bethlehem. He was raised in Nazareth. And he ministered from Galilee of the nations and in Jerusalem when he went down to the feasts. But God's land... What are the borders of this land? Let's go to Joshua. How big is this land? Now, this is going to be a challenge to some to swallow. Not here this morning. I don't think if you're a Christian, you, you, can, you can swallow this. But, I mean, you can digest this spiritual truth. Chapter 1, verse 4 of Joshua. Joshua's going in to take the land. To take it for the people that Moses has led through the wilderness for 40 years. And he said this. It was said to him, From the wilderness and this Lebanon... Even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coasts, shall be your borders. Did you read? We've read already a little bit about other borders that have been mentioned. But in Numbers, we won't go there. 34, 1 to 12, it gives more detail. In fact, it gives detail from the top of the Mediterranean up to the Euphrates. Um, if you turn the map around, <laughs> up through Euphrates, along Euphrates, and Euphrates down, it gives the towns down toward the Jordan again. So <clears throat> it is a big land. And it also in Deuteronomy 3 describes the two and a half tribes that possess land on the other side of the Jordan, that is eastward from the sun rising. The Reubenites and the <clears throat> Gadites and, the, and half the tribe of Manasseh. Uh, <clears throat> Genesis 15 is probably a good summary of what we could say the land is, how big the borders of the land are. Genesis 15 and verse 18, and that Bernie read this one, the last one, this morning. In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed I give this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. <laughs> you think the Muslims have got a problem now <laughs> if they read what the Bible says they'd really have a problem <laughs> because this is all of Syria this is part of Egypt too right down and the borders of the land are given there what are they well we hear the saying cried by the Muslims from the, from the river you already know don't you to the from the Jordan 
to the sea, the Mediterranean, Pal Palestine, I say it quietly, Palestine, shall be free. <laughs> because it's not as Canaan, <laughs> biblically speaking, uh, the land of Canaan, the land that they come in to possess. But I have got a different chant now to present to you. There's a biblical one. Because here it talks about the river of Egypt. It talks about the Euphrates River, doesn't it? So let's say from the rivers, Euphrates, Nile, to the sea, Mediterranean, and Jordan a little bit beyond Jordan, east of Jordan. From the rivers to the sea, Israel shall be free. Their land. God gave it to them and to nobody else. So they're the borders. The land is God's and he can give it to whom he wishes. Like a will, you know, written out. God gave the world to mankind, didn't he? He said, you know, to Adam and Eve, fill the place with people. And then Adam and Eve gave it to the devil, the title deeds. Over in the book of Revelation, the title deeds are given back in chapter 5 of Revelation. And the Lord, who's worthy to open this book? Nobody. And then Jesus steps forward and he opens the books and then the revelation begins. And uh, great things happen. The end, the end comes <laughs> to man's rule in this world. But God gave it to man. He messed it up, but it is still God's overall, isn't it? And he can give it to whomsoever he will. And that spot that's mentioned in the scripture is Israel's. I don't care how long they've been out of it. For 2,586 years, it is Israel's. And people can debate that. Well, <clears throat> he gave... Who did God give it to? Abraham, as we read in our reading this morning from Genesis 15 and verse 7. And he said unto him, Abraham, I am the Lord who brought thee up out of Ur of the Chaldeans and to give thee this land to inherit it. And it's going to be an everlasting possession in verse 8. And he said, The Lord thy God, whereby, I, whereby he said, Shall I know that this shall be, you know, this will be so? <laughs> and you go over to chapter 17 and verse 7 of Genesis and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in the generations of for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee and I'll give thee and to thy seed after thee you see <clears throat> the Muslims can read that yep still okay we still own it are Muslims or are Arab folk from Abraham? Yes, the Bible says so, clearly. The Arab people descend, that they can say Abraham is our father. The Jews can say Abraham is our father. We can say Abraham is our father in a spiritual sense, can't we? <laughs> but here I'll give it to the land, thy seed, wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, land of Canaan, for an everlasting everlasting possession and I'll be their God <clears throat> keep my covenant and you'll stay in the land break my covenant you'll be put out and that's what's happened to them they've been put out but the land is still God's and he's given it to them <clears throat> let's go to Psalm 105 and verse 8 Psalm 105 verse 8 and verses following there we read this 
He hath remembered his covenant forever, the covenant we've spoken of back in Genesis 15 and 17, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, and we read that one before, but which covenant he made with who? Abraham and his oath to, this is important, to Isaac. And Abraham, Isaac, we say are the patriarchs, and who's the other guy? Jacob, who had 12 sons who were the 12 tribes of Israel. And confirmed the same unto Jacob. To who? Jacob. Not Esau either. <laughs> not, a, not his descendants. For a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Saying unto thee will I give the land of Canaan. The lot of your inheritance. It's God's land. He's given it to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. In verse 15 of that chapter, it says in Psalm 105, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. If you poke Israel, any nation that pokes Israel <laughs> will invite the wrath of the Lord. Ah, Israel's got a lot to suffer yet, because they've got to be poked until they repent. <laughs> but they haven't, and haven't repented yet. So he gave it to Abraham. <clears throat> And when he gave that to Abraham, he sealed it himself. God himself walked like, say, the beasts were divided into two parts. And God, the flaming fire, walked down between the pieces to seal the covenant. Abraham would put in a deep sleep. So Abraham can't break it. God is not going to break the covenant. And when he seals a covenant, <clears throat> he walked alone. Um, <clears throat> I will swear, he said in Hebrews 6, by none greater than by myself. And that's what he did, by himself. He swore that oath to Abraham and to keep the covenant. How then do the Arabs try to say it's theirs? I've already hinted at this several times. Well, back in Genesis chapter 16, verse 3, we have the unfortunate occasion God knew it was going to be. And it was in God's plan. And Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, Abram, to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarah said, get rid of her. Hey, Sarah. He told me to do this. <laughs> anyway, you can read through the sad occasion here. In verse 10 of that chapter, it says, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly. This is to Hagar, who had Ishmael from Abraham, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. Talking about the Arabs there. They won't be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and it shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And notice verse 12, very pertinent in what's going on or has gone on for thousands of years. And he, Ishmael, will be a wild man. Have you ever met a wild man? I know a few. <laughs> You just don't hang around them for too long. <laughs> and I'm not talking about these folks, <laughs> but uh, we can. 
His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell, tried, in the presence of all his brethren. That's the way they are. That's what they have inherited and that's their descendants till today. That's their attitude. That's what the Bible said. We're swearing upon the, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And who is the truth? The Lord Jesus and his word. So to whom was the land given by its owner? To Abraham, Isaac. So who was Isaac? Well, Isaac was born after Ishmael by Sarah. And he is the promised seed, not Ishmael. Ishmael, 15, 17 years older than Isaac. And to Isaac was the promised given. And in Genesis 17... <clears throat> Verse 19, it says this, And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son. Indeed, thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I'll establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him, the Jewish people. As for Ishmael, the father of the Arabs, I have heard thee, behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly, and that has happened. Twelve princes shall be he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant, verse 21, my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear unto thee at the set time in the next year. And so Isaac was born. And so the, and Jacob was born. And then the twelve um, <clears throat> patriarchs, if you could say, <laughs> tribes were born through the twelve men following. So the original inhabitants were given or were put out. Israel came in. The promises were given to them and we can swear on the scriptures. Jacob and the 12 tribes were given the blessing, not Ishmael. Whose land is it? It's God's land. Can he give it to someone? He did. He can to the Jews. And we can say from the rivers, rivers, I'm... I'm probably going to scan, send this into Sky News. <laughs> See what they probably won't do anything. <laughs> they may, <laughs> but from the rivers, Euphrates, to the sea, they might even quote it. <laughs> Israel, Canaan, we could say, shall be free, but not quite yet. Not just yet. Not with this fight. No, might be the beginning of fights. So who are the illegal occupiers of Canaan, of what they call Palestine? Who are, who's the ones there illegal? You know, we, we hear about occupiers, the occupiers. Jews are the occupiers of the land. No, no, no. If you go by the book, the truth, everyone else that's come into the land are occupiers. God didn't give it to them. They've been in the land and occupied it. And as I said before, when was Mohammed born? 570 AD. Abraham lived 2,000 years BC. <laughs> this far outlives that which the Muslims claim. Um, <clears throat> as I said, it's God's land. And you know what? He's going to occupy it. <laughs> He's not going to kick the Jews out. They'll be there under him. Don't we have that in scripture? 
the final conclusion to it all, when it's all wrapped up, the Lord will reign. Let's turn to a couple of references to encourage ourselves that the fight is not finished. Even whatever happens in Gaza, <laughs> and what happens to Gaza, and what happens to, in Jordan or Syria, we know the end. Isn't it good to have the end of the story? I, I pray you're not one of those people that read a book, read the introduction, go to the last few pages, read that, and now I've got the gist of it. Because <laughs> the end of the book is the faith, you know, the, all the mysteries are revealed. In the end of the book, <laughs> the mystery is revealed, isn't it? The book of Revelation. And the Lord Jesus comes and he takes the bull by the horns, we could say, and he takes control of the nations and he obliterates them. In one instant, all the nations that have come against Israel. Because at the end, you know, it's just a little Gaza. Now, wait until every nation at Armageddon comes against Israel. <laughs> what will Israel have to do? Look up. Because they won't be able to beat all them. And the Lord comes to rescue them. But in where we go in Isaiah chapter 24 and 23, <clears throat> it says, The moon shall be confounded, the sun ashamed, when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, and before his ancients gloriously. This is what the Lord is going to do. And there's heaps of verses in the Old Testament speaking of this occasion. Multitude of, ver of verses, particularly in the book of Isaiah and in the Minor Prophets. So it's God's land and he is finally going to reign over it with David. The Lord Jesus is going to reign over that land and the world and David will be co-regent, raised up David <laughs> and will reign for a thousand years over that land. All this is scriptural. And what a blessing it will be. Let's just go to another portion in the book of Isaiah chapter 11. And see the glory. When the Lord takes his land back. And lets Israel live under his righteous dictatorship. <laughs> That's what it could be called. A dictatorship. The Lord dictates the terms for the kingdom. And uh, <clears throat> what are we to pray a model prayer, Jesus said, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, where the Lord reigns over the world. We will see this. We will be a part. We will rule and reign with the Lord Jesus. You say, you haven't talked about us much. No, I've been talking about Israel and God and who owns this land and what's going on over there. And it says... In verse 1 of 11 of Isaiah, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. Who is that? The Lord Jesus. That's who it is. When it happened, that's what's said of him. But down in verse 4, But with righteousness shall he judge the poor. This is the lamb that reigns in Israel, the Lord Jesus, and reprove with equity the meek of the earth, and he shall, shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. 
and righteousness shall be his girdle and of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the <coughs> excuse me, the young lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and their lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child shall play in the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the cockatrice's den, the snake's den. <laughs> and they shall no, not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, first one, we just read it, the root of Jesse, the Lord Jesus, who shall stand for an ensign to the people. To him shall the Gentiles, there'll still be some Gentiles left, <laughs> see, and his rest shall be glorious. This is the conclusion of the whole matter, isn't it? <laughs> Did someone else ask the question, when will you occupy the land, Lord? <laughs> they did. It was the disciples. They just said to the Lord Jesus, look at this one Herod's temple. Look at this wonderful temple. Isn't it glorious, Lord? <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> he said, there shall be not one stone left upon another. It's going to be wrecked, fellas. <laughs> and only about 35 years later than when he said it to them, it was decimated. The Romans tore it apart. <clears throat> but... They then said, the disciples said, well, you know, when's this going to happen? What's going to, when's this going to be? And when shall be the end of the age? He asked, they asked two questions in Matthew there, in chapter 24 and verse 3. Jesus answered them. And he talked about his coming first in Matthew. He didn't answer in Matthew the, the first question they asked. When shall these things be, that is, Jerusalem be destroyed? And the temple, he answered, when his coming will be. <laughs> and uh, he is coming. Can you remember in the scriptures where it's talked about? Uh, Matthew 24, very pointedly, and Revelation 19. Then shall be the sign of the Son of Man coming in great glory and wonder and splendor with all the hosts of heaven following him at Armageddon and take the land. And from there he will rule. It's, the, it's God's land. He's got his eye on it. He knows what's happening. It's not out of control. And we can go to bed and say, I can sleep good tonight. That's why those ministering in Israel can stay there and say, we're pretty safe here. In fact, it might be the safest place, place on earth <laughs> in, in Israel right now, not in the near future. But they can sleep and they can take their rest because the scriptures say... What's going to happen? What is going to be the sign and the end of the age? <clears throat> I want to point you to one last reference in Zechariah. There's just two in Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all peoples. 
around about when they shall be there shall be the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem and in that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone Israel is a burden to anyone any nation that tries to help or tries to hinder them <laughs> it's like a, a hot stone in your hand it'll burn through you that's Israel that's what God has said so it's a cup of trembling a burdensome stone and a and all that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces <clears throat> Though all people of the earth be gathered together against it. In that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with terror. And you can read on about what happens there. But it is a burdensome stone if anyone takes it on. America's not mentioned in the future prophecies. This, this, what we see is not Ezekiel 38. Some people say in the 39. It's not that. All the wrong nations are involved. Well, some of the nations are involved. But <clears throat> it's going to come a day when they will call upon the Lord because of that invasion in 38 and 39. But in Zechariah again, chapter 14 and verse 2, <clears throat> has something like this happened recently? For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem, no, just a few, to battle. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. This is talking about a future day when Jerusalem will suffer, Israel will suffer Armageddon. And that's what's going to happen. Has this sort of thing happened recently? Yep, on Saturday the 7th. The houses were rifled and the women ravished and are still being ravished in Gaza for those they've taken captive. May we pray for the peace of Israel. May we pray that the Lord will come and do a short work and get it done and over with. For that, a short work, work will the Lord make upon the earth. If it, if it was extended, there would, it says in Scripture there would be no flesh left on earth. That's what it says. But he will shorten it. He's limited, limited it to a certain number of days. Are you glad you're a Christian? <laughs> In these days, are you glad you've got a Bible that you can say, I swear on the Bible and say, this is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Yes, we should be. If you're not a Christian, you can't say that. I invite you to know the Lord Jesus before it's forever and eternally too late. Trust the Lord as your saviour. Repent of your sins. Turn to him and he will save you. He will save you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord. We know who this, this land is. It's your land given by your will to a certain people. And, Lord, they will possess it, but not yet. They will suffer. We pray for Israel. We pray for its people, for its battles, for the Palestinian people too and the suffering they are going through. For every soul is precious in your sight. Lord, you died for all men, and that's including them. But we all need to acknowledge that we're sinners and need your salvation as a gift of God and need your righteousness as a gift from you. Bless people with salvation. Protect your people that are in Israel. You're, you're part of your church there, Lord. Even in Gaza, if there are Christians there, protect them. And Lord, use us to disseminate the truth and Take up our word and spread it around that people may be liberated 
by the truth of your word and not by the hearsay of mankind. We pray and ask this in the Lord Jesus' name. Amen.